0: Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. We had a detailed discussion yesterday with Sinn Fein's Johnny Mython, and today we're going to focus in on the whole area of caring again. But first off, we invited listeners to share their thoughts. We got a detailed phone message from a Morning Mix listener who preferred not to come on air with me this morning, but put her thoughts in an email, and I read it as I have it here. With regard to your piece yesterday morning with Johnny Mithin and Carers Pay, I'm a family carer. I look after my mother, who is in her 90s and is thankfully in great health. There is a stigma in the community towards social welfare recipients. They're often accused of being lazy or spongers. And as we all know, there are many people receiving social welfare assistance in this country who very much deserve this social welfare. Cares, for example, are one. I receive €248 euro, uh, for looking after my mother. I would not have got this amount if there was a huge income coming in from my husband, as this is all means tested. But I work for this money. I'm on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, to look after my mum's every need. I get up each morning, get myself, my husband and my son off to work and school. On my way back from the school run, I get my mother up, toileted, washed, dressed, give her medication and give her breakfast. Then I tidy up my mother's home, sort her laundry. After this, I run any errands I have, including going to the shop, chemist, doctor, etc. I return home and sort out my own home, make any calls I need to. Returning then to my mother's and give her dinner, light the fire, and tidy up. If my mother has appointments, I bring her. I collect my son from school, bring him home, get him something to eat, sort out his homework, bring my mother her supper, and check she's okay for everything. I go home, make dinner for my family and catch up with homework or work for my husband. This is a little bit of time together for us, but I often have to drop my dinner halfway through to attend to my mother. I return to my mother's, have tea with her and put her to bed. After this I return home to clean my own house, pay any bills, order any prescriptions, make out a shopping list and check for upcoming appointments to be made or attended. I do also work but thankfully I can work from home, so I squeeze it in where possible. I feel people see what they want to see. They don't see the nights I'm awake with worry because my mother was a bit off today, or the worry these days of not just her but also me getting COVID, because if I get COVID I have to continue looking after her as there is no alternative available. I'm the nearest person to my mother, so I must take on her concerns, anxiety and sometimes bitterness at growing old and not being able to do everything for herself. I'm her daughter, her friend, her nurse, her carer, her banker, her counsellor and everything else. Not just that, I do have my own family who have all suffered greatly and sacrificed so much. I have missed my son's parent-teacher meeting as my mother took ill. I have missed events he was taking part in. I have missed family occasions with my husband's family. I often missed events with friends. I have to drop my plans, no matter what they are, to take my mother to all her appointments. And as we age, they are more and more. Doctors, chemists, opticians, chiropodists, retina scans, audiology tests, OT appointments, scans, x-rays, elderly checks, visit friends and relations, or community events prior to COVID. I'm her go-to person if she is tired, unwell, worried, confused, or lonely. I need to assure all maintenance is made in her home, that she has food, fuel, heat, clothes, shoes, mobility aids, that she gets to mass. I take care of her all day to day needs. And as I know, people are probably listening, saying, why don't you do bulk meals at the weekend? And sometimes I do. But that is Sunday gone then too. Or they may say, it's my mother I owe this, and I agree, I do. I love my mother dearly and want to help her as much as I can. I have three hours a week now from the HSE, which has made a huge difference. But the thing about care is that nobody gets until they are in the situation is every time the phone rings, I have to answer it because every minute I'm away from her, there is a high likelihood she could fall, get a stroke or many other issues. It's like looking after a baby that constantly fights against you, helping them because they're afraid that every little bit of piece of independence they give up is a little closer to the end. I understand the frustrations my mother has and the fear of and the end in sight. I also have a family who needs me to function as a mother and wife and teacher and confidant and partner and banker and nurse and PA for them. And why should they have to sacrifice? I deal with a range of emotions every day, yet I must always be healthy and in good mood. My own health has suffered greatly, but I must carry on. I fear the day my mother passes and I sound like I'm complaining about looking after her, which I'm in no way doing. I feel privileged. I looked after my father till he passed away. I live in guilt no matter where I am. If I'm with my mother, I feel I'm neglecting my husband and son. If I'm with them, I feel I'm neglecting my mother. I'm doing my best, but that never feels like enough. If I dare to take a little time out for myself, I feel that I'm being selfish, yet I now know I need the break to be able to function. As I said, how would you feel after looking after someone 24 hours a day and getting the mighty sum of €248 at the end of it? and being begrudged that by a large horde of the community. But not just that. I have other family members who won't help at all, as in their eyes, it's all my responsibility as I get paid for it. This is all too common in the community, the Cares Association will tell you. As was said yesterday, we save the government a fortune every year by keeping people in the community where they are happiest and healthiest. All through COVID, we have had to continue as before. We didn't receive any extra help or PPE. As I said, if i gotten sick, I had to continue. And remember, this is seven days every week. I don't get a mileage allowance no matter where I must bring my mother. And when I change car, I always have to take into account will it suit my mother's needs. Do you know how humiliating it is for a mother to have her daughter toilet her? I'm not complaining, as I will be accused of, and I'm purely trying to make people realise what's involved. I have the utmost respect for community cares and nursing home and hospital cares. But they get to clock off when they go home to their families. Family cares don't. Right, that was uh, a listener who well, we have the full name and details on, but who was asked to remain anonymous, and of course we'll certainly uh, abide by that request. I'm joined from Cares Ireland by Catherine Cox from Family Cares Ireland. Good morning to Catherine. Good
1: morning, Adam.
0: And I'm joined by Sinn Féin deputy who's raising the whole issue of the concerns about Cares, Pauline Tully. Good morning to you, Pauline. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Catherine. First, good morning, uh, Good to talk to you both. Catherine, your response to the email we've just read out there?
2: Um, look, it, it's difficult
1: to hear, but I'd say, Alan, it's how so many thousands of family carers feel right across the country. And that lady talked about all those emotions, the guilt, the fear for the future... The exhaustion from doing it 24-7, day in, day out, being the doctor, the nurse, the physio, the the secretary. This is the feeling, and I suppose this is what we've been saying for so many years, that family carers do this unrecognised, unsupported. And taken for granted, not only by the state or government, but also by their own families in some situations and by society. So I think the pandemic has been a real wake-up call that unless we support family carers, they will reach burnout. They will not be able to continue caring. And as that lady said, carers save the state. 20 billion euro is is the cost that they save the state every year by doing what they do.
0: Right, there's a so number we of issues. Continue
1: yeah, to ignore that, um, the costs will be far greater to the
0: state. I've got to take a short commercial break, but there are a number of issues we want to discuss. But before I do that, Pauline, can you give us your view on what you've heard there from that uh, anonymous listener?
2: Yeah, I, I look, at, I'm hearing that from a lot of people uh, in my constituency, and then my colleagues are telling me they're hearing the same from from people in other in other areas as well. Um, and I think the pandemic has. Um, place an even greater burden on on family carers because they had absolutely no support throughout the last you know especially during the first lockdown and even afterwards as well um and i suppose that's why i, I brought up the question about the home support because that's what carers need they need support to be able to provide the care that they give to their loved one in the home um it's it's invaluable what they do and the state needs to be giving them much, much more
0: support than they are. Right, I'm going to get back into the core of this because we had a number of comments from people who were caring themselves who were actually carers but just couldn't live on the wages they were on. And we had a case of one person who I think spent over €107 euro in one week on fuel allowance an and only got €12 euro when she put in her request. So there's a lot to get through. Please stay with me. We're speaking to Catherine Cox from Family Carers Ireland and Sinn Féin Deputy Pauline Tully. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix.
2: With jo- Joyce's Expert Wexford for all the latest technology with the leading brands, it has to be Joyce's Expert Wexford.
1: Get five percent off VHI First Care plans and unlock a wide range of healthcare services when you buy online and start your policy between November twenty fifth, twenty twenty one, and March thirty first, twenty twenty two. Search VHI five percent to join today. Terms and conditions apply. VHI Healthcare DAC Trading as VHI Healthcare is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.
2: At Lidl this week, green and red peppers are only 49 cent. If you're trying to eat healthier this year, they're the perfect way to add flavour and texture to a salad. If you couldn't care less about that, they're a fabulous way to add crunch to a big juicy burger. Whatever you're into, you can't argue with Lidl prices. Lidl, more for you. This week's Irish Farmers Journal could save you thousands in cash. For more, here's Paul Mooney. Don't miss our 50 tax-saving tips for farmers inside this week's issue, including how much can family members earn in your farm tax-free, what reliefs are available when transferring farms, and how to make the most of tax exemptions. Plus, we have money-saving advice for household bills, banking, insurance, pensions, and more to make the most of your income. Don't miss our money-saving tips inside this week's Irish Farmers Journal. You cannot afford to miss it. If you're aged 16 or over, it's time for your COVID-19 vaccine booster. Without one, you're more at risk of serious illness from COVID-19. To get your booster, go to a HSC clinic, book an appointment online, or contact a participating pharmacy. Some GPs are also giving boosters to their patients. For clinics near you or to book an appointment, go to hsc.ie
0: from the HSC. Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, Chat, news, and and your your views. Alan Corcoran. Our phone lines are hopping and the text line is busy on this issue so please bear with me me, because I will refer to the comments throughout the course of the show as well. Like this one, I fully understand that lady. She sounds so much like me. That letter is so true and from the heart there comes a stage that you feel you're up against the wall. You're a great person under the pressure and you still do it with love. That's a very interesting comment. Still have with me Catherine Cox from Family Cares Ireland and Sinn Féin Deputy Pauline Tully. So Pauline, let's go back to what I discussed with your colleague Johnny Myden yesterday, about almost 5,000 people across the state waiting for a carer to be allocated to them despite being approved. There's a lot more to this story than meets the eye, isn't there? There is. Uh, and I mean,
2: like, a lot of people want to um, stay in their own home, whether they're the disabled people or they're older people, and they need the support to do so. And as Catherine has already pointed out, um, by doing so, they save the the state about £20 But they they need the home support. They've applied for it. They've been approved by the HSE. But there are not sufficient carers to provide the support. So I've come across many, many people who either have nobody coming into their house at all or there's only somebody coming in for a few hours a week, not for the full allocated number of hours. Um, And anybody's in a situation where there's a family carer in the home they need those support hours as well. Just like that lady after, yeah. in, in, in the letter that you read out there. They need that break, they need that support uh, because many people who are caring for someone on their own, where maybe they have no siblings or were in this situation that the other family members aren't willing to support her, yeah. um, they need the the, the 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 home support care to be coming
0: in every, uh, for the few hours in the week. And I, yeah, it, it does it, really does it all i just bring in Catherine. Catherine, does it all boil down to money? Like I have a comment in from a listener. One family member worked in a nursing home and got ten thirty per hour, and this was for weekends and bank holidays and nights as well. Also, they had to pay one thousand euro for the course. To me, just looking uh, on the outside, looking in, they're being paid a pittance, Catherine.
1: Yeah, so I think it's important, Alan, just to differentiate the here between family carers and paid home care workers. Yes, okay. Um, So family carers, and that's, I suppose, the group that we would represent. Family carers, it's a family member, like that lady who wrote the letter, caring for her mum and she's doing it, and maybe in receipt of care allowance, whereas home care workers are paid workers. Now, they're either most often employed by the state, the HSE, or maybe by private organisation, or indeed a charity as well, or non-profit organisations. So paid home care workers, there is a huge crisis in the country at the moment trying to get them, trying to recruit them, trying to retain them. And the reason why it's so difficult to retain them is they are... Paid quite poorly um, in many cases. Now, if they're employed by the HSE or the state, they do tend to get a higher rate of pay, they have a pension entitlement, they get travel time. Whereas if they're subcontracted out to the likes of a private agency, r and uh, charity, quite often they are not afforded the same rate. So they don't get travel in many cases and they don't get security of employment or um, security of hours per week. So it is a very difficult sector um, and they are poorly paid. Having said that, I suppose Um, There is definitely, so I don't think it's all about funding, Uh, that was your question. I think this is more than funding, it's about trying to get and support and retain people to work in what is a very difficult and probably underpaid sector as well.
0: What do you think of that Pauline? Do you think funding is the issue or uh, listening to what Catherine has said there, uh, would you agree with her, what do you think?
2: No, I fully agree with what Catherine has said there. I mean... As you said, the HSC those directly employed by the HSE have different pay conditions than were and um, um to the those employed by, say, the the, the private um, companies. So like you know, what what happened is the HSC are subcontracting to private agencies to provide care. And I think they have an obligation to ensure that the staff employed by those private agencies have proper paying conditions. And if they were brought onto a par with those employed directly by the HSC, you wouldn't have so many people leaving the, the private companies to seek work elsewhere. So the, the, the paying condition is a huge issue in this um and, and needs to be dealt with. But also I suppose I find sometimes the focus as well is on how much something is costing rather than the needs of the person. Um, So what you have sometimes is, um, for example, one person was telling me that um, an elderly man needed, um, is it to say midday, so that he could be changed and only two agency workers could come at that time, and the HSC wouldn't allow that because it would cost too much. So they insisted then that oh no, a HSC worker could go at half past twelve instead of half past two, which meant the man was longer in unchanged, you know, until that evening. And that was just about money. Or often, you know, somebody's allocated maybe forty-five minutes home care support. The worker, the the, the carers come. And they're rushing away to the next client because there isn't enough time allowed for them to spend the 45 minutes with the first client and then travel to the next client to give them their time as well. So the whole thing needs to be reorganized um, and looked at um, and ensure that the carers are caring for people in the same geographical area and there aren't huge traveling times between right. it. And then if they're from an agency, they're not even paid to travel expenses.
0: Uh, uh, Catherine, I I believe that amongst those 5,000 people who are being badly let down across the state, uh, quite a large percentage of them are in County Wexford, is that right?
1: Um, Yes I mean, I think it is right across the country Alan, and it probably goes back to this whole postcode lottery, that you know, where you live determines what you will or what you won't get. And that's around home care. It's around respite. I mean, before the pandemic, respite was inadequate and poor. Now it is almost non-existent. So family cares like that lady are finding it impossible to get a day off a year, never mind overnight, never mind weekends or a week respite. It has become impossible. And. It it is not fair, it's not, you know, the system is completely flawed. As, as Pauline said people want to remain living at home older people people with disabilities their family members want to support them to do it but they can't do it on their own and they can't do it safely without the support of the state and that includes it does include funding but it also includes equipment when they need it whether it's a hoist whether it 's a bed um, you know they need respite provision as well they, carers need a break from the role that lady who wrote that letter not having a break that that lady yeah. will reach burnout unless she gets more support. And I would say to that lady, if she wanted to ring our free phone care line, yeah. it's one 800 And we would certainly try to support her any way we can, whether yeah. she's in Wexford or wherever she is. We will do our best to support her there as well. But no one should have to care alone. And unfortunately, that's exactly what is happening. So the state does need to step in. We need to get rid of that postcode lottery, support people, as Pauline said, look at the individual needs Mm. of the person being cared for and the family carer and put in place support, whether it's training, equipment, funding, so that that person can remain living at home and the carer can care safely for them at home.
0: Before I go back to Pauline to find out where they're going next with this, uh, because I'd say this will gather all party support anyone with a heart and a conscience will certainly support getting work uh, for, or getting support for people in the caring role. There's a, a lot of comments coming in, they picked up on what um, our, our anonymous uh, emailer said about the fact that she feels very much isolated and alone and that because she's getting the money, the 248 euro, other family members have said, well you're being paid for it, you do the job. That's getting quite a lot of reaction, uh, Catherine, from people who say, yeah, I know how that woman feels, they'll only, others will only do a small few hours, I'm sure whether and my mum passes uh, they will take the money when she goes and that will be no problem then so the one thing you want is you want families to stick together don't you?
1: You you do, and it's very often the case, particularly where there's maybe a female member within a family, perhaps, and now in this case that lady is married, but if they haven't married, they tend to be the one that's left to do the caring and the rest of the family step back. And that's why we keep saying caring should be a shared responsibility between the carer, the state, but also the wider family and community. It shouldn't be and cannot be left for one person to do that. That lady, if she's getting cares, as she said, it's less than €250 a week. She's not. That doesn't mean she has to care 24-7. And it shouldn't and couldn't mean that because she would burn out. So the rest of the family and society do need to step up do need to step in there as well there's no doubt about it but it happens right across the country.
0: I have to leave it but I'll leave the final word to you Pauline Tully where to now with this and again I mentioned about all party support, can you get that? Are you getting support from other parties?
2: Yeah, well, like this issue has been brought up by my own party, by myself and my own party, but also by lots of opposition parties. But I know there are many, many PDs within the government parties as well who are hearing this from their constituents um, and, you know, as you say, have a heart and do want to do something about it. And, I mean, the government have recognised that there is an issue around the contracts of employment and employment terms and conditions, and that is a huge factor. In it. That was highlighted in a recent review done by the Department of Health. So what they need to do, I think, is engage with the private home care providers. To incentivise the, the progression of the terms and conditions and, and bring them onto a par with uh, those of the HSE employed, employed directly by the HSE, um, and and to try and resolve this, like five thousand people waiting an hour's that is it's it's it's, it's terrible I and mean, it is right across the country.
0: Thank you both uh, for taking our call this morning, Catherine. I said goodbye to you. I hope you're still there with me because people are asking once again for that number to contact uh, your organisation. Can you give that to them, please? Yeah.
1: Absolutely, it's a free phone, Caroline, and it's one 24
0: Thank you both for joining us, Sinn Féin deputy Pauline Tully and uh, Catherine Cox there from Family Carers Ireland. Southeast Radio's morning mix: chat, news, and your views.